So for this next few weeks, um, we've got a really exciting series that is coming up, you know, and we've got all the preachers lined up to preach. And the, the series is titled The Always God. Okay, when Pastor first sent us these notes, I was like, wow, what, what is this? It's quite an interesting title. What does it mean by The Always God? You know, and it's really cool because the goal of this series is to help us be reminded that God is a God of always. That if He did it before, He's going to do it again. And just like how He moved in the past, whether in the times of the Bible, when we study in our UTB, many thousands of years ago, how He moved, how He spoke to His people, that today, in 21st century, that God is still moving, that God is still speaking to us. Amen. And so He is the always God. You know, I don't know, when I was thinking about this, you know, Sometimes when we, uh, you know, get upset with someone, or maybe if I'm upset with my wife, I'll always say, why are you always like that one? Why are you always last minute tell me things one? You know, and we use it in a negative sense. What do you mean by always? But today, let's use that with the Lord, that He is a God that is always present, that He is a God that always speaks. You know, He is a God that is always pursuing people. That sometimes, whether in your good times or in your bad times, whether you are faithful He's pursuing you. Whether you are not faithful, He's also pursuing you. And that He's always restoring us. I love the song that we sang earlier about how that He restores us like His sheep. And that He's always restoring us to a place where we can be in an alignment, where we can be close to Him. And as we have given of our tithes and offering, you know, I'm reminded that I give because God has given to me. And that if He has provided for me, in the past, He's going to always provide for me in the days ahead. See, God has not changed over time. Uh, we all change all the time. There are times, you know, we may change for the better. Sometimes we change for the worse. Sometimes you see me up here, eh, wow, brother Charles put on weight. Then the next few months, eh, wow, brother Charles, uh, the pants are a bit loose. We change, we keep changing. Sometimes we put on weight, sometimes we lose weight. But God never changes. Amen. Aren't you glad for that? He never changes. That throughout time, He is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. You know, He reveals Himself as the great I Am, the everlasting one, the self-existent one, the infinite being, the all-powerful, the all-knowing God. And what this series is going to attempt is to put forth that the I Am God of the Old Testament is the same I Am today. And today I want us to focus on this particular topic and how that God is still speaking. How that God is always speaking. And now we know that from Scripture, you know, God spoke the world into existence. When we read in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, He said He spoke and there was light. He spoke and there was the trees and the seas and the land. And there is power when God speaks. And as we are gathered here today, this morning, I want us to believe that when you come, like what Brother Sam said on Tuesday, we come with an expectancy. Expectancy of what? An expectancy that God is going to speak, not just to us, but to you. That's why we are here. That's why you travel so long, you know. I was joking with Brother Sam just now, you know, saying, oh, how long should I preach today, uh? Should I preach fast? Should I preach long? You know, he's like saying, you know, he traveled down for 45 minutes, I better make his time worth it. <laughs> but really, today is not about me, okay? Today is about what God wants to tell us. 
and God has a word for each and every one of us here today. If you believe it, why don't you shout Amen? Amen, Amen, okay? And so, we read throughout the Old Testament about many times where the phrase is used, God said or God spoke. And today, we're going to look at an individual, okay, one of the prophets of God, and his name is Moses. And we're going to learn about how God spoke to him. Okay, coincidentally, this past week, uh, I was in a UTB and, you know, uh, my fellow UTB teachers were teaching about um, the story of Moses. Okay, and so in the New Testament, God, through, God spoke through his son. And the first couple of verses in the book of Hebrews puts it like this. In Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 to 2. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom he also created the world. Okay, God is speaking to us even today. And so we want to begin our time by asking the question, do you actually believe in this? As you are seated here today, you may know by theory, you know, by good theology that, yeah, God, God speaks. But do you personally believe that God actually speaks to you? Do you believe that God can, that God will? Does He actually speak to me? And do you, or do you believe that God only speaks to a certain group of people? Then maybe subconsciously we believe that, hey, maybe God, yeah, God confirmed talk to Brother Peter and because just now when he was praying, wow, I can feel the move of God. But he won't talk to me. He only talked to Brother Sam only because Brother Sam is a spiritual man. He's a man of God. When he preached, wow, God confirmed his word. God speak to Brother Sam, but he won't speak to me. Who am I? I'm a nobody. Is that true? And I'm here to tell you that that is actually a misconception. Amen. That we all can hear the voice of God. Amen. And if God is still speaking... How can we know that it's really Him? What does His voice actually sound like? Amen. Is He speaking audible? Can I actually hear Him, you know, talking in my ears? Is it, or is it just like, you know, some people may say, is the voice of God a still, small voice? We always hear that being said. But what is a still, small voice? <laughs> or sometimes you say, oh, God speak to me in an impression or he speak to me in a vision, or he speak to me in a dream. So today we're going to find out how does God actually speak, okay? And so these are very important questions because I think one of the most important things we will ever learn as a disciple of Christ after being born again is to actually be able to hear the voice of God. Actually, even before you're born again, God already speaking to you. That's why you're born again, right? So one of the most important things we will ever learn in life is to hear the voice of God. And these are very important questions for us. And today, we'll, let me bring it in and ask this in a more personal way. We know that God speaks, but my question to us, is God speaking to you today? When was the last time He spoke to you? Was it the last DCD camp that He spoke to you? Was it the last DCD camp He spoke to me? And how confident were you, are you even now, that God is speaking to me? Because sometimes when a situation arises, when a decision comes before you that is a major decision, for example, should I buy this house? Should I take this course? Should I marry this girl? 
We don't wait until the, the decision comes, then we start to find out, hey God, is it you or not? Sometimes it's too late when we try to try to discern his voice. And so today we're going to be looking at the story of Moses and see how he learned to hear the voice of God. And so before we begin, why don't one more time, church, why don't we lift our hands and ask the Lord to help us this morning. Father, Lord, as we are gathered here this morning, Lord, we have come here, God, today to meet with you. We have felt your presence. We have felt your sweet presence in this place. And God, we are here, God, right now. God, I pray that you will anoint our ears right now, God, to hear your voice. Lord, you are speaking today. You are the God that always speaks, God. And Lord, Lord, I want my ears to be tuned. I want my ears to be sensitive to you this morning, God, that I can hear your voice, God. And Father, I pray today, God, that as I speak forth your word, Lord, that, that as everyone is hearing today, Lord, let them not hear my voice, but hear yours, God, through this message. And I pray that you will send us forth, God, that you will draw us to a place that is deeper, God, and closer to you, God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everyone say, Amen. In Exodus chapter 3, verse 1 to 6, it reads, Now Moses was keeping the flock by, of his father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Midian. And he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight. Why the bush is not burned? When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called him out of the bush. Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then he said, do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet. For the place on which you are standing is holy ground. In verse 6, and he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Henry Blackaby and Claude King wrote a best-selling book called Experiencing God. Taking this passage right here in Exodus 3, and they write four distinguishing marks of God speaking. Number one, when God spoke, it was usually unique to the individual. See, when we see the burning bush, it only happened one time in the Bible. Okay? It was unique to Moses. When God spoke to Elijah, when he God spoke to Samuel and all these other people in the Bible, it was all very different. And why is that important? Because we are all unique individuals. When God speaks to you, it may be different than the way God speaks to me. Okay? Second point, when God spoke, the person was sure that God was speaking. I love this point. Because when I want to hear God, I don't want to like have a question in my head. Is it God or not? I want to know when God speaks, wow, I know it's God. See, when he spoke to Moses, he introduced himself to Moses. Okay? And Moses was very sure that this was God speaking to him. Number three, when God spoke, the person knew what God said. He was very sure. Moses knew exactly God, what God was speaking to him about. He knew exactly what God was instructing him to do. He wasn't like, oh, okay, Lord, um, I don't buy what the burning bush is actually telling me. He knew exactly what God was saying. And likewise for us, when God speaks to us, 
We want to know what exactly he's saying. Number four, when God spoke, this was an encounter with God. And I love this point because the voice of God is not just a means to an end. Oh, I just hear the voice of God to make myself feel good. Oh, God speak to me. Wow, not bad, uh, Charles. You quite spiritual, can hear God. No. The voice of God, hearing the voice of God was the, in a sense, the end itself. Why? Because you're encountering God Himself. That is where I want to be. You know, we don't come here just to finish service and then look forward to the lunch. We are here because we want to hear what God is saying to me today. And we all want to have that encounter with God and God wants you to have an encounter with Him. But then there's going to be an immediate kickback that you're going to ask, hey, but Brother Charles, Moses is very different. I am confirmed not like Moses. <laughs> I'm not going to be the one going to Egypt and ask Pharaoh to let my people go. I'm just a regular person. You know, he doesn't speak to me like that. I don't go down uh, gardens by the bay one day, suddenly the tree, boom, fire. Then I hear God speak. You know, I wish it happens, lah, you know, but it doesn't. It doesn't happen. You don't hear of that very often nowadays. He doesn't speak like that to the people I know living here and now. And I get it. You know, I wish it could be said of me, and I bet you wish that it could be said of you, that just like when Moses, you know, in Exodus chapter 33, verse 11, it says, Thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. Wow. Wow. In, at the end of the day, when we go see Jesus, we will speak to Him face to face. But sometimes we wish we can be saying that about ourselves. But no, that doesn't happen to us today. Okay? The earthly ministry of Jesus is, you know, is, is finished already. Okay? We don't have the physical Jesus to talk to us. But thank God, we have His Spirit. I love the song that we were singing, you know, that talks about how that the Spirit of God, Your Spirit lives within me. And that is closer than you can ever get. Amen. Amen? See, I wish God spoke face to face that it would be some kind of an experience that I can never deny. But just because He doesn't speak face to face doesn't mean that He doesn't speak. Just because He isn't speaking face to face to you doesn't mean that He's not speaking to you. Doesn't mean He's not speaking to me. God is still speaking today. You can be sure that He's speaking you can be certain, just like Moses, of what he's saying. And you, just like Moses, that we can have an encounter with God and experience with the living God. So let's dive in a little deeper now, because this is very important. The same authors of the book that I quoted from stated in their book, if you have trouble hearing God speak, you are in trouble at the very heart of your Christian experience. And that's why we always hear, you know, Brother Sam, Pastor always say, the one thing you've got to get a hold of in your lifetime is to know what God sounds like. And Jesus puts it this way in John chapter 10, verse 27. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. We all have been given that commission as disciples to follow Christ. But if we don't know what He sounds like, how we follow Him? Okay, there's a short video I want us to watch about how sheep hear the shepherd's voice, and this is really amazing. Okay.
One more time. Isn't that amazing? See, when God speaks to us, I want to be like that sheep that when He's calling, I'm going to follow after Him. And the question that came to my mind when I was watching this video is, can, can I differentiate? Can we differentiate the voice of Jesus or the voice of a stranger or the world? Then when the world begins to call upon you and back and call on you and say, hey, Go and do this. Lah. Will we answer to that voice or will we answer to the voice of our chief shepherd? In John chapter 10, verse 5 from the Amplified, it says, They will never on any account follow a stranger, but will run away from him because they do not know the voice of strangers or recognize their call. And let it be said of, of us that we know our shepherd's voice. That when we begin to hear strange voices, sometimes it could be the world, sometimes it could be our flesh, sometimes it could be sin, the, the, or, you know, Satan, putting thoughts in our heads and telling us things to do that is contrary to the Word of God. That we will be like sheep. We'll run away from them. Right? And so, God is still speaking. And the question is, can we identify what the shepherd sounds like? And so now we're going to go from how God generally speaks to everyone and compare it with how He specifically speaks to those who follow Him. See, number one, the way God speaks is through creation. See, sometimes people think, I, sure, I wish God could write in the sky, you know. You know, wow, suddenly in the sky, you know, Peter will see the sign, go eat uh, Shake Shack in Orchard for lunch. Then you don't need to pull your group ready. God wrote it in the sky. Sometimes we wish it happens, but it doesn't. But listen to what David wrote in Psalm chapter 19, verse 1 to 2. The heavens declare the glory of God. 
and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech and night to night reveals knowledge. Amen. The psalmist is saying that that's what is already happening. But question is, can we identify it when we look at creation? Amen. See, we know this to be true, that no one has stood before the vast mountain range and looked upon a starry sky or on the shore of the ocean watching the sunrise and thought about how great they are. In that moment, we know there is something greater, something more. I know some of us here, we love to wake up, you know, go down to actually earlier than 7 or 8. Lah. 5 plus, we go down to East Coast to see the sunrise. Why? Not because the sun very nice, but because that scene is very majestic. Right. And we are reminded, wow, God, you caused the sun to rise. Amen. Amen. And when we read in Romans chapter 1, verse 18 to 20, it reads, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For His invisible attributes, namely His eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world, in the things that have been made so that they are without excuse. You know, for those who have not been in the UTB in Lesson 2, it talks about how God reveals His character through creation. Okay, don't worry, I'm not going to go through all of that today. But sometimes we need to remind ourselves when we look at creation, how God created the heavens and the earth, how He split and separated the night sky from the day. We are reminded that what? That God is a God that separates. We know that God is a God that is good. Okay, and so when we begin to look at creation, when you leave this place, maybe this week you're going to go walk and hike and you spend some time to look at the trees, it was very funny. Yesterday, I was walking down Kim Tian Road, going to Tiong Bahru. And I was walking with my son. Then suddenly, he's like, oh, wow, flowers, smell so nice. I'm like, it wouldn't even have crossed my mind to even consider that. But here, this little child is considering the works of God's hands. And so if we were to just stop for a moment and behold God's creation and realize that, wow, the God that we serve is really amazing. Amen. The second way that God speaks to us is also through our conscience. All of us here have a conscience. Okay? Uh, I believe, you know, we don't need to teach someone when they've, you know, they do something wrong, then they feel guilty. Okay, maybe when the older we get, the less guilty we feel. Lah. But when I'm dealing with my son, when he does something wrong, he immediately does this. He will hide his face. Because he know that he did something wrong. He feel guilt. He become like Adam. And I didn't teach him that. None of us taught him that. Why? Because God has built that conscience inside of us. Don't, rem- don't forget that when God first created us, He created us with, in His image. Okay? So there's still that something that God has imprinted into each and every one of us. Paul wrote in Romans chapter 2, verse 14 and 15, For when Gentiles who do not have the law, who do not know the word of God, by nature do what the law requires. They are a law to themselves, even though they do not have the law. They show that the work of the law is written on their hearts, while their conscience also bears witness, and their conflicting thoughts accuse them or even excuse them. 
What is Paul trying to say? That even that someone that doesn't know the word of God, when he does something wrong, he knows he did something wrong. There is somehow built in us a moral compass. When you tell a lie, oh, when you steal something, oh, I don't feel good because God has placed that conscience inside of us that bears witness and you realise, hey, you see what you did? You do wrong, huh? you should do something about it. See, conscience defined is the faculty of the soul that distinguishes between right and wrong and prompts an individual to choose the right and avoid the wrong. I remember pastor last year, in fact, it was about a year ago when he was preaching about this topic about discernment. And he was explaining to us that the word conscience comes from a, the root word, the meaning is co-perception. And he was explaining, and this, that really gave, opened up my understanding that our conscience is not just something that is belong to us alone. But there is a co-perception, meaning what? it actually joined to something else. It's actually joined to God's perception. That's why when you do something that is wrong, for example, if we shouldn't be watching something we are watch on the internet, we click, oh, we shouldn't be watching that. We suddenly, at the end of it, we feel very dirty. Why? Because of the co-perception, because of God's perception that He has inbuilt in us, that we know that what we just did was sin. And in addition to the innate awareness of God's law, we all have a warning system that is built inside of us that activates when we choose to ignore and disobey the law of God. And that's instinctive. You don't need to teach. I don't even need to teach my car. Oh, you shouldn't be lying, right? Because the Ten Commandments teach you to do this. You shouldn't hit mommy because, you know, the Bible says you've got to honour your mother and father. No, he just know it's wrong. It's instinctive, built-in sense of right and wrong that activates guilt in us. See, conscience is great because some, many times God speaks to our conscience. I see conscience like a sundial. You know what a sundial is? We don't really use it nowadays. Lah. But it's a sundial, when the light, when the sun shines on it, it casts the shadow, it kind of tells the time. See, when the truth of God shines upon it, it's good. It points us in the right direction. It tells us the right information we need to know. But the problem comes with our conscience is if our conscience is not in the right place right. or if we are not receiving the truth of God's word, then our conscience could lead us in the wrong way. Because sometimes people say, oh, just follow your gut, follow your heart, follow what your conscience tells you to do. What if my conscience tells me to do something that is against God? <laughs> then I'm in trouble. So, yes, we are saying that God speaks through our conscience, but I think it's important for us here today also to, to get a check. What is the state of my conscience? See, in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2, it says, These people will speak lies disguised as truth. Their conscience have been scarred as if branded by a hot iron. See, if, we, if our conscience has been seared, meaning... You know, uh, pastor always talk about how that when we disobey the voice of God, we can grieve Him, we can quench the Spirit. You know, it basically sears our conscience. It basically numbs the conscience that is within us. The first time we click on that website, oh, I feel very dirty. But 20 times later, it doesn't feel like anything wrong already. 
when we treat our friend, you know, in a way that is unkind. And then we always scold that person, we always make fun of the person. It comes to a point, it becomes so normalised that what you may feel guilty about eventually is, oh, okay lor. And we can make a joke out of certain things. That we get too familiar with certain things, we get too familiar with sin. That's why, you know, some people are what they call what, uh, compulsive liar. They can lie without even thinking on. Why? Because it just become a part of their nature. They don't feel it's wrong. That to them, they tell a half-truth. Uh, it's wow, very good already, you know. I never tell a, a, a lie. I give a white lie. It's okay, one. Their conscience have been numb. Their conscience have been seared. So thus, though God has His work within every man resulting in conscience, because of sin, because of when mankind fell into sin, our conscience is now not as sensitive. You know, there's, I see as this thing called sin sensitivity. Okay, the, the, the more sensitive our conscience is, the more accurate it is la, to in tune with what God may speak through our conscience. But the less sensitive we are to sin, then I have to tell you, my friend, don't trust your conscience, okay? Because it might be pointing you in the wrong direction. So we have to be wise and exercise discernment when it comes to listening to and obeying our conscience. There is no doubt, though, that it is written on every one of our souls and its eternity and weight that is carried with it. Sit still long enough, be quiet long enough, and your conscience will also bear witness. When, you some, when we sometimes quiet our souls and slow down and think through before we react to a situation, sometimes God will begin to speak through our conscience to help us, hey, I think you need to make it right with your wife. And that's how God can speak to us. Amen. So we have to guard our conscience. And just like what um, we've been hearing about training we have to discipline our conscience. If you recognize that your conscience has been seared, the good news is it doesn't need to remain seared. You know, there's this thing called repentance. There's this thing called making it right with God, that God can renew us. You know, David says that you renew in me a clean heart. That I don't want to be like Pharaoh, that when Moses said, let my people go, that he hardened his heart. Okay? That God can give us a new heart today. Amen. Amen. The third way that God speaks to us is through our circumstances. God speaks to our, through our own circumstances as well as sometimes the circumstances of others. And now again, it takes spiritual discernment to know what He's speaking in our circumstances. Okay? For example, sometimes, you know, we go through something, something bad happens in our life, a crisis hit our home. It's then our choice to then be able to see what is God speaking through this? For example, when I gonna HFMD at the start of this year, if I don't even consider what God is saying, I'll be like, wow, what a way to start the year. I'm stuck at home. You know, wow, then I cannot go out. I cannot be with my family. I have to isolate. But then when I took a moment and slowed down, and I realized God was saying, hey, I need you to slow down. Huh? You were going too fast in 2022. I need you to start your year right. Now you are stuck in the room alone, right? Now you can spend time hearing my voice. And so in that circumstance, I was able to kind of identify, oh, God is trying to call me to, to get back, 
to where I needed to be to hear Him. And so one of the ways God speaks through is our circumstances and sometimes He speaks through our opportunity. Um, sometimes we pray about a job. We say, oh, I want the will of God for what job I'm taking. And we have many times heard our, you know, we pray, God, if that door is not meant to be open, shut it. When that door is meant to be open, open it so wide that I can walk through it. And sometimes God does that. Why? Because He wants to tell you, hey, you cannot reject it, right? So don't gripe about it. Could it be I'm saying, this is not where I want you to go. There is a better job that is coming. So He speaks through our circumstances. He speaks through our opportunities. Sometimes when we look around the world, we see what's happening in the world, the war in Ukraine. We see you know, the, the, the increasing number of earthquakes. God is speaking through the circumstances happening in the world. By what? Reminding us why His words say that in the last days there will be rumours of wars. There will be earthquakes. Why? He's telling remind us, I'm coming back. Don't forget. But are we in tune to what He's speaking in these circumstances? One of the things about learning to identify how God speaks to our circumstances or our trials, um, I love Sister Way always tell me this, Charles, God will never waste a trial. <laughs> and she always says it with a smile. I mean like, oh, it's, it's so painful to be in this trial. But there's so much truth to that because we all have to learn the art of treasure hunting our trials. That before we brush off the situation as walao eh, why this didn't happen, walao, why God never answered my prayer, oh, God, it's not for me. Before we brush it off so quickly, could we just for a moment try to find God in the midst of our situation? Amen. I was reading about this example that was really very cool, you know. It talks about the difference between a voucher and a hummingbird. How many of you know what a voucher is? We don't have vouchers in Singapore. Lah. Okay, uh, maybe in the zoo have, okay, the, not zoo, sorry. The bird park got voucher. Okay? So I want us to think for a moment the difference between a voucher and a hummingbird. What does a voucher find? It finds dead things. It finds dead carcass. It finds rotting flesh. It loves. You go there and eat. Okay? Now try to con- now contrast the voucher to the tiny hummingbird. With wings that is flapping 20 beats a second, this small bird finds what? Not dead, disgusting meat but sweet, life-giving nectar. And daily, each bird finds what it's looking for. And the same is true for you and me. Are we going to be vouchers, hunting down all the dead and negative things that are happening in our lives? Or are we going to be like that hummingbird, that in the midst of every trial, we can find that life-giving nectar that God said is there, is right there, if only you would find it. When we are faced with that crisis, we can find God in the midst of it because He is speaking to us. C.S. Lewis says this, that God whispers to us in our pleasures. He speaks in our conscience, but He shouts in our pains. It is His megaphone to rouse a deaf world. If we could just for a moment, when we in going through a difficult situation, instead of pointing the finger and blame God, blame your family, blame society, blame the government, blame everything, blame yourself, why don't we begin to be like that hummingbird and begin to find, God, what is it you want to show me? 
I still remember when many years ago when my mom was first diagnosed with cancer, you know, and I thank God she's now cancer-free. I remember that same day when we got the report, I was back home, I was crying, and God whispered into my ears, when I was young and when I'm old, never have I seen the righteous forsaken. And that was what carried me through, that's what carried our family through that time of crisis. And if He would do it for me, I know that He's doing it for all of you here. Amen. The fourth way God speaks to us is through Christ, the earthly ministry of Christ. In John chapter 1, verse 1 and 14, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, glory as the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. See, we all know as apostolics that Jesus is God manifest in the flesh. There is the final and full revelation of God. And one of the best ways to recognize the voice of God is to look at what Jesus said in the Scriptures. For those who have your Bibles, if you open it, you will see in the Gospels, wow, a lot of the colour, red colour one. It's not that, you know, for those who do not know, when the words are red, they are telling you that it's the words of Jesus. Okay? It's not like some design aesthetic in the Bible. Okay? The bottom line is this, if you want to hear God speak, read the red. The words in red, when Jesus speaks, God is speaking. And one of my favourite parts is to hear the words of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. Right. You know, whenever I'm having a difficult day, when I'm worrying a lot, I'm a worry what? I will go to Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. It says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. <laughs> For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. That's God speaking to me. I don't need to wonder, is it for me or not? He is. The same thing in Matthew 6, 24. He says, no man can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And talking about the Scriptures, the fifth way God speaks to us is through the canon of Scripture. I love how they, they use canon of scripture because they needed to put all these five points with start with letter C. <laughs> okay, but beyond just that, there's a reason because the word canon actually means standard. It actually means a measuring stick. And that is what I want to draw our attention to. Okay? The word of God, the Bible that you are holding, is a measuring stick, is the reference point for you and I as believers. Is the measuring stick of the divine revelation of God speaking to us is set, is, is, is settled. I thank God that the Bible doesn't have additional, you know, up to today, it's not done right, being written. It is settled. That it is consistent. It is credible. Okay, it is a done deal. And I love it because where the Bible speaks, God is speaking. Amen. If you have a hard time trying to figure out how God speaks, the first place... I myself would go to is the Word of God. Amen. And you may say, but I don't know how to study the Bible. It's too cheap. Okay? I still remember um, when I started being more serious about my relationship with God. I think it was in my poly days. I didn't know how to. You asked me to go and study the Bible and find out what Greek word Hebrew meaning. I tell you, I don't even know what that is. But I remember the one thing that really helped me was living logos. Okay, I'm not here to just plug a shameless advert, okay? 
but I mean it. It really helped me because it made studying the Bible so easy. Okay, it was me training. We talk about training, right? It was me intentionally training myself to learn about His Word, to learn about how God speaks. Okay, and so we got to get familiar with the Word of God. See, when God speaks, He does not give new revelation about Himself that contradicts His Word. Rather, God speaks to give application of His Word to a specific circumstance in your life. Like what the example I shared about when God spoke to me that psalm, He didn't give me a new psalm that I can write in Psalm chapter 151, okay? He's just pulling it out from the Word and He made it apply in my life then and there. See, that's what God, God does when He speaks through His Word. See, the written word is the wire along this, uh, sorry, this quote is from Frederick Meyer. The written word is the wire along which the voice of God will certainly come to you if the heart is hushed and the attention fixed. Okay, I can't help myself, like, I'm a sound man, okay? When I saw this, I'm like, I have to use a wire to show an example. So the word of God is likened to this cable here, this wire. For those uh, who know sound, you know exactly what I'm holding. Okay. Uh, all my sound guys, you went through training. What is this wire? XR. XR. Yay, Georgie got it right. Okay, an XR cable. See, God is always speaking, right? He's always speaking to us. The question is, can we hear from, come out of the speaker into our ears? See, many times, right, God is always speaking, but the problem is, this wire is not connected. Then we wonder, hey, are you sure God is speaking or not? I cannot hear anything coming out from the speaker. Could it be the cable is not connected? Could it be we use the wrong cable? Could it be we are using the wrong reference point? See, we are reminding ourselves here that the Word of God is that measuring stick. In order for this mic to work, I have to use an XLR cable. If I start to use the HDMI cable to plug the microphone, you might think, you siao ah. Hey yo, this kind of simple thing you also don't know. But don't we do that with God? <laughs> We're trying to understand Him through what? The philosophy of this world. We try to understand God through a different measuring stick. What the world says, what popular culture says. And we filter God through that. And we wonder why we don't hear him. Because we are connecting with the wrong cable, with the wrong wire. And sometimes our understanding of the word is also a bit off one. Then we come out the sound a bit distorted. Huh? What is God saying? I cannot really hear. Sometimes we need to get a, the cable fixed. And that's why we need to get into the word. Why are we constantly putting out all these next step classes? Why pastor? Now I understand why. Because it's been a long time since we had those discipleship classes running. Those are opportunities for you to get into the word. Sometimes being here for one hour plus two hours hearing the sermon is not enough one. Sometimes we are more not so sensitive. Like for example for me, I struggle to hear God's voice. I sit through the sermon, I still cannot hear God. I need to go and expose myself more to the measuring stick, to the reference point. So sign up for those classes. Best class is very good, it's the best. Why? Because, <laughs> pun intended, but it's to help us learn the habits that will train us to be able to hear His voice. 
See, there is power in the Word of God. In Hebrews 4, verse 12, for the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-aged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intention of the heart. The Word of God is alive. But question is, are we alive? <laughs> because if we feel like, eh, no effect, eh, it's not that the Word isn't working, it's that we may be not connecting with the right cable. We may not, our cable may be faulty. Our understanding of the Word may not be full. And so this is why your time alone with God, some people also call it my quiet time in the morning, my devotion time, whatever it is, is so important because when you open up your Bible and spend time alone with God, He will speak to you. Amen. See, nowadays I'm, I'm trying to develop this habit every, every day, not, not there yet, okay? I'm training, I'm still in training, okay? That whenever I'm reading the Bible, or maybe that day I don't, I a bit carnal, I don't feel like reading the Bible, I read a Christian book, okay? Because my head maybe not, not as sharp. I read a book, maybe easier for me to understand. I'm always not just reading it for the sake of reading it. But I go in there with my notebook and my pen. Why? Why? Or maybe your notes app, whatever it is. And I get ready my ears to hear, God, what are you trying to tell me through this? And I have a highlighter to highlight whatever is popping out to me. And sometimes to you, it may be insignificant, huh? You just jump out or nothing. Don't, don't dismiss that one thought that you feel that God is putting in your mind. Because sometimes we think God is not speaking, but if we would take time to kind of take note what He's done or what He's saying, you look back one week later and say, wow, He speaks to me every day. So give that a try. Spend time in the Word, but go in there ready to hear what God is saying to you. The sixth way that God speaks to us is through the counsel of His Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit his role is to glorify Christ, you know, by taking what He said and enable us to understand. Um, some people may say that the Spirit is a quickening Spirit, a Spirit of illumination. What does that mean? It means when you read the Word of God, suddenly, wow, I suddenly understand that. Last time I read, hundred times I don't understand, but how come today I read it, I get it? Because the Holy Spirit quickened in you and understanding. is a Spirit of revelation. And, that, and, and that's how one of the ways God speaks. In John chapter 16, verse 13 to 14, when the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth, all the truth, for He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for He will take what is mine and declare it to you. See, one thing about hearing the Spirit speak to us is the Holy Spirit will never contradict the reference point. He will never contradict His Word. If the, you feel, one day you say, wow, Brother Charles, I feel the Holy Ghost tell me I should tell this lie. I will tell you straight away, you are hearing the lying spirit. Okay? Because God will never ask you to do that. Okay? So if you are sensing God prompting you toward an action to do something or to say something to someone, it's something that takes experience also. Learning how the Spirit moves takes experience. I, I'm still learning it. You know, sometimes I say something and then I think it's God, then end up 
it's not God. It's okay. I learn. Okay? And, and why is it so important to have the Spirit speak to us? Because there are sometimes going to be instances, right? You may not carry the Bible with you. You don't have the physical word with you. And that's why it's also a very good habit to memorize Scripture. Why? Because we keep in our mind a database of the Word of God. And then when the moment comes, the Spirit of God will reach into your memory and He will pull out this Scripture and say, this is the Word for you. And you're like, wow, God is speaking. Everything is okay. I still remember back to my story about when my mom was sick. We were in the, getting her ready in the operating theatre. And you know, in the moment, it's like, you're very scared, you're very cold, right, in that place. And I don't know why I was holding my mom's hand. Suddenly, the Spirit of the Lord quickened in me. A song that came from the Word about how, you know, the Lord is my strength, the God is the strength of my heart. That even when my heart may fail me, God is the strength of my heart. And in that moment, I cried, I said, God, you are here. Everything is going to be okay. See, God speaks through His Spirit. The last way that God speaks to us is through the church. Certainly, this means through the teaching and preaching of God's Word, what we are doing right now. And God has established preaching as a means of how He communicates His truth today. And so, in the wisdom of God, it is the church that proclaims the Word of God. That's why we always encourage everyone, you got to be in the house of God. you got to get yourself to the house of God regardless. Why? Because we got to hear the Word of God. If you are struggling in your faith, come, to, come and hear the Word. If you are struggling in your faith, go for next steps. If you never sign up yet, it's okay, you can go later. Two o'clock at life. Why? Because the Scripture says, faith comes by hearing, by hearing the Word of God. If you are struggling in faith, formula is given. You just need to hear the Word of God. And the medium in which God communicates is also through His church, through the preaching and the teaching ministry. Another way God speaks through the church is what I call godly counsel. God has placed within the church pastors and leaders and elders for the purpose of helping us learn to hear His voice. And I am someone that am a firm believer of this. That in your training of learning to hear the voice of God, sometimes the truth is, I may not know how to get it right. Eh? Yeah. And it's okay to acknowledge that. But I need somebody that is more tsai than me. For example, when I was learning and training myself to learn to run, I hated it until I have a coach, Jonah, my running coach. He teach me, hey, he take the video where I'm running, he tell me, uh, your leg uh, land wrongly, uh, your leg, you open up too wide. And so I started taking his input and correct these few things. And I like, wow, your improvement. Eh. And the same way in the church, why do we need this community of believers? Why do we need brothers and sisters that are godly? Because it's a safe space for us to learn to hear God's voice. That when sometimes we make a mistake, oh, I hear wrongly, our brothers say, it's okay, we can try again. And sometimes they'll give us an input, you know, I think the way you are interpreting this a bit wrong. Let me help you understand his word better. And so we need the body of Christ. We need godly counsel. Um, in fact, it happened for me two weeks ago. So I actually, you know, uh, went for a course and then it put a thought in me. I wanted to further my studies. You know, I've been doing sound more nowadays and I wanted to get proper training and education. And I found out about this six-month course. And I was like, wow, 
want to pray about it. And I'm like, part of me thinking is like, ah, you already so old already, you got kids, you still want to go back and study. Uh. That was my nature, my fleshly nature, speak, common sense kicking in. I was like, okay, God, it was a Thursday morning two weeks ago. I pray, God, this is on my heart. I really want to do it, but I want to do it with your direction. I don't want to make the wrong decision because, you know, six months, I mean, it's not long, it's not short, but it's going to affect my family. I got a two-year-old. It's going to take up two of my weekdays with them. I say, God, if this is you, I really need you to direct me. You know, somehow, you know, you, 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 you point me in the right direction. And I just prayed that in the morning and that was it. I didn't expect, I said, God, if you don't want me to take it, fine, I won't do it. And then in the evening, pastor called me. He said, hey, Charles, are you telling me about this cause? Huh? Can you tell me more about it? I didn't even have this conversation with him, telling him at, like I was thinking about it. I said, Pastor, you think I should do it? He said, yeah, you should do it. And that was the direction and confirmation I needed. See, God speaks through our leaders. God speaks through godly counsel. See, I could have just made the decision on my own, but I wouldn't have known if that was God or not. See, many times God plays people in our lives. And when we talk about godly counsel, these are people, right? You must give them permission, aren't they? Permission to say no to you. Many times, pastor tell me no, okay? Many, and so, I've, I've given him permission. I've given elders and spiritual leaders in my life to give me permission to tell me no. And that trains me to hear God's voice better. In Proverbs 11, verse 14, it says, Where there is no counsel, the people fall. But in the multitude of counsellors, there is safety. And when I decided to take this on, I didn't just settle with one. I went to tell the people that I believe I trusted. I trusted in their walk with God. I trusted that they know how to hear God's voice. And they were like, yeah, I think it's a good idea. You should do it. And that's how I know, okay, God, I heard you. My, my, my godly counsel also say, go for it, I'm going to go ahead. And I needed to know that because it's going to come time when I actually start studying, it's going to be difficult. It's going to get stretched. But then I know that God, you told me to go. So whether it's going to be hard or easy, you're going to be with me. And so we need godly counsellors in our life. We need our pastors in our life. And so don't ever shut it off. And sometimes when they tell you no, don't get offended at them. They're doing you a favour by telling you what they feel God is putting on their heart. And one thing I learned when, with pastor is this, when it comes to you know, bringing a matter to get counsel, is don't come with a mind made up. There are times I go to a pastor and I say, oh, I'm going to do this. They will say, oh, okay. And basically to him, it's like, you're just here to inform me, right? So there's not much input I can give you. But when we come before godly counsel, we come with a decision that is open, not with our mind made up, that we allow that counsel to guide us in being able to discern what God is saying to us. And this really helps in the grey matters of life. Why did God put pastors and leaders and teachers in our life? Because there are some things God never put black and white in the Bible. So we need people to guide us. Ma. For example, oh, should I drink alcohol or not? The Bible never really say. Eh. Hey, but the Bible say that 
they got drink wine, you know, Jesus turned the water into wine. That means confirm can drink lah. That's where we need godly counsel to advise us in this matter, what should I do? How should I live? Hey, should I participate in the activity? The Bible never say, should I go clubbing? Never say. Never specific say, oh, you must show me, uh, Brother Charles, two or three witness I, I learned in UTB. You must show me two or three specific scripture in the word, then I know it's God. But that's not the way we learn to discern the voice of God. We bring the matter before people that know His voice. Many times I'll go, Brother Sam, hey, Brother Sam, I don't really know how to understand this. Can you help me understand this? He'll tell me, oh, this is what the word says. I was like, oh, okay, thank you. Thank you for helping me in my understanding. And so there are some things very clear, it's no-brainer. For example, if you are here and you're wondering, should you be born again? It's a no-brainer. You need to be born again. But then when it comes to things like, hey, should I live in Chachukang or should I live in Pasiris? I wish the Bible will tell me lah. But I never write, you know. And so then, I will have to go find counsel. Hey, is this a good idea? Okay lah, try. I remember I asked Pastor, hey Pastor, should I try to get the block beside my mum? So I just try lah, ballot. No harm lah. Okay lah, ballot. Hey, got it eh. Wow, God, you answered my prayer. But sometimes, I have friends that, eh, don't have, they never get. And so God speaks through these things. He speaks through our godly counsel. He speaks through the circumstance that the door closed. That could it be that He's pointing us somewhere else? Should I quit my job? Should I, is it time for me to make a career switch? Should, should this person that I'm uh, looking at, you know, this girl, should, is, is this the one for me? Sometimes it's not written in the word one. We need godly counsel. We need the church to help us clarify how God is speaking. So these are the way that God speaks. Now we're going to go real quickly into some of the things that actually affect our hearing. The first thing that, since we know that God is always speaking, speaking these true seven means, despite Him speaking, sometimes we still cannot hear. Why? One of the things that hinder us is sin. 1 Corinthians 2, chapter 14, the natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God for they are folly to him and he's not able to understand because they are spiritually discerned. In other words, if you have not received the Holy Spirit and you live your life trusting Christ, you're not able to hear the voice of God because you still have sin inside of you. And that's why we need to be born again so that we, we can hear the voice of God. Spiritually speaking, the enemy has blindfolded us when we have sin in our lives. Even for us believers here that have been born again, sometimes we have a sin that we are struggling with and we wonder why God, I cannot hear Him. Chances are you also want to run away from God. Why? Because we are being blindfolded by our sin. In 2 Corinthians verse 4 and 4, it says, In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. And so if you recognize that you have a sin that you're struggling with today, don't wait. Don't wait until next week. Don't wait until next month to deal with it. Deal with it today. Why? Because we need to hear His voice. 
And when we have loved ones that also have a hard time hearing the voice of God because they do not know Him. And that's why we pray. We pray for our uh, unbelieving loved ones that they will have come to a place that they recognise that they need God. So sin hinders our ears from hearing the voice of God. The second thing that hinders us from hearing God's voice is stubbornness. Hebrews 3, 7 to 8 and 13 says, Today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion on the day of testing in the wilderness, but exhort one another every day as, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. I mentioned earlier about how our conscience can be seared and hardened. Likewise, when we are stubborn, it is hardening our hearts towards God. And when God already says, talk already, you just stubborn the one to listen. It's like, God tell you one, you purposely go to two. Okay? And God has to deal with our stubbornness and sometimes He lets us be stubborn until we fall down. Like with Micah, I tell him, don't do that. Huh? You better don't go and climb up the table. The one who listen, never mind. Fall down, boom. Uh, then he finally listened. And the same, I mean, I... I, I I laugh about that, but I realize I do that to God too. I'm stubborn and God has to get his, me to get, get hold of my attention. See, the willingness to obey every word from God is critical to hearing God speak. The more you obey Him, the easier for you to hear His voice. Okay? And so, don't let stubbornness and pride keep you from hearing His voice. Allow your heart to be soft by your willingness to live in obedience and to surrender to Jesus. Sometimes you may not understand everything. It's okay. You can obey first. Then when you obey, you'll get it eventually. The third reason why we don't hear God speak is self. We have this uh, dead flesh that we are carrying, our carnal nature. We are too busy listening to ourselves sometimes. We are too wrapped up in ourselves, too busy living our own lives. And as a result, we don't hear God speak. Our wants end up drowning out His voice. Our dreams for ourselves, our plans, our schedules, our desires that we put up, we plan for the whole year already. Then you wonder why God never speaks. Because He say, you fill up your calendar, I got no space left. Eh. And so many times we can't hear from God, it's because we have been filled with ourselves. And I was reading this question from an excerpt and it really got to me. He's, the, the excerpt goes this way. He says, why should God speak to me? I was like, wow, that's a very good question. Why should God speak to me? What am I doing in life that will make speaking to me a reasonable thing for Him to do? Are we in business together in life? Or am I in a business just for myself, trying to use a little God to advance my projects? Sometimes... I admit, I only want to hear God because I want to know, should I take this course? After I get answer, okay, I don't talk to you already. I'm selfish sometimes. I only go to God when I need Him. And so we wonder, hey, why is it I cannot hear God? Could it be all I'm focused on is myself? That it, it, it pushes God out of the picture. And then when self is the driving force behind anything we do, you can bet God is not the voice behind it. When God speaks, self and 
every aspect of self is crucified. That's why in the gospel, Jesus said, you've got to deny yourself first. Because if you don't deny yourself, you won't be able to follow him because you cannot hear the shepherd's voice. We have to deny ourselves. God speaks the language of getting out of our comfort zone, letting go of our control. And many times we don't like it because we don't like to be out of control. See, living for and protecting ourselves will hinder and hamper God speaking to us in an effective way. And God had to get rid of all the self within Moses before he revealed himself and spoke to him. And the same goes for us. The fourth way God speaks to us, sorry, the fourth thing that hinders us from hearing God is stuff. What are some stuff and distractions that clog up our ears to hear God's voice? Recently, a few of us went to the audiologist to get our ears tested. You know, Pastor shared about his experience, you know, how he got his ears tested and how he had to wear hearing aids, etc. And this was a very interesting experience for me. Because one of the things we learned was that there's this thing called permissible exposure time for our ears. What do I mean by this? If you have the graphics, can show. That there is this uh, chart that tells us at a certain level of sound, there is a permissible exposure time. Meaning at 85 dB, we can have a collective exposure time of 8 hours a day. Okay, 85 dB is like, maybe like you go on the road, Orchard Road, a lot of people like that. Maybe that's about 85 dB. Then if, let's say, you increase the volume to maybe about 94, 97 dB, then the permissible time exposed lessens to about maybe two or one hour. So 90 dB is about when the whole music was playing in worship. That was about 90 dB. If you see me last week walking around the hall with my phone, it's not, I'm not trying to like get signal. I'm trying to hear how loud the sound is in the hall. Why? Because... We care for your ears also, okay? We don't want you to lose your, your hearing. Okay, and the interesting thing that the audiologist told us is, how many of you got go for spin or those uh, Zumba class in those indoor workout one, then they blast the music, boom, 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 one? Nobody, yeah? okay, like maybe you're shy to raise your hand. Okay, <laughs> so he went down to the studio one time to record. He said it was going at about 100 dB in those spin class where they dance, they will exercise to the loud music. And when we look at the permissible exposure hours, it's only 7.5 minutes. But those sessions that they go usually are one hour like that. And so he helped us understand that we all, our years, our natural years, have a permissible exposure time at certain uh, volume. And when we, we exceed it, we are at the risk of what we call noise-induced hearing loss, which is the second way people, second highest way people lose their hearing. And this really brought to my attention that, hey, could it be sometimes that happens to us too in our spiritual hearing? That we get exposed to the things of this world too much. That the, the volume of our Netflix playing uh, you know, the physical 100, wow, the boys, the men look so good in their topless. And we expose ourselves to hours and hours of these things. I'm not putting it on the spot. I'm guilty of watching Netflix. But God was speaking to me about this. The amount of time I expose myself to the things of this world, YouTube, 
sometimes my own negative thoughts are so loud that I expose myself to it so much time in a day and I begin to experience spiritual hearing loss. And I wonder why I cannot hear God. Because I've lost my hearing. In a recent study done by John Hopkins, it has shown that older adults with greater severity of hearing loss were more likely to have dementia. But the likelihood of dementia was lower among hearing aid users compared to non-users. And I quote pastor, he asked me, quote me and say this. Likewise, when we lose our ability to hear God, when we lose our ability to hear God's voice, it will lead us to spiritual dementia. That we will begin to forget what the Lord has done for us. We start to forget. Even three years ago, we forget what He did, why He spoke to us in our DCD. We forget what He did for us 10 years ago when we were in the presence of God. And so we need to protect our spiritual ears. We need to hear what God is saying so we don't forget. In Deuteronomy 4 verse 9, only give heed to yourself and keep your soul diligently so that you do not forget the things which your eyes have seen and they do not depart from your heart all the days of your life. Do you know why we cannot have spiritual dementia? Not only we don't want to forget God, but because it goes on to say, but make them known to your sons and your grandsons. If we want this legacy of, of God, of the apostolic doctrine to be passed down to our next generation, if I want my knowledge of God and my experiences I have with God and pass it down to my son, I cannot forget what God has done for me. And so, church, we, we have to constantly check our ears. Can we hear his voice? And the last way or the last thing that affects or causes us sometimes to wonder why we cannot hear God's voice is this thing called silence. Sometimes the truth is, what do we do when God, God seems to be silent? We may be living for Christ. Your heart is right with God. You're reading His Word. You're spending time with Him. You're applying all these principles we talk about. And yet, with the best of our ability to live for Him, God is seemed to be silent. Eh? Then how? What do we do? When we're in a situation, we try, okay, I try, I try to find God in my situation, but I cannot. I try to, to, to give thanks even in the difficult times, but I still cannot hear God. He seems silent. Then what do we do when He's silent? I can tell you from Scripture that good things comes to those who learn to wait upon the Lord. And this was something that Brother Sam shared on Tuesday about waiting upon the Lord. It's likened to that eagle who would soar in the storm. For those who never hear it, there's a reason why you come to prayer meeting because you've got all these great nuggets of truth, okay? And that he talked about how that eagle was the only bird that would fly towards a storm. He won't run away from it. Why? Because he would catch the wind, the updraft, and it would lift him above the storm. And Scripture talks about how we are to wait upon Him. And that when we learn to wait upon Him, we can be like that eagle, that when the right moment comes, we can finally catch that wind that will bring us above the storm. But the problem with us as humans is we don't like to wait. I don't like to wait. 
when I want to buy something, I don't like to wait. You know, they always say, you just write down on your refrigerator and then you keep looking at it. Uh, by the end of one month, if you're still thinking about it, yes, you want it. Doesn't work for me. The next day, I buy already. Yeah, I'm not a good example, okay? But my point is, we all don't like to wait. When we need something, we go straight on Shopee, buy. Next day, get already. We need an app, we download immediately. You want a song, we go Spotify, straight away we get a song. Don't need to last time go now HMV, buy the record. We can just stream from our phones. Don't want to wait for dinner to be cooked, call McDonald's, it come ready. Okay, we hate to wait. But in God's economy, waiting on Him produces something in us that nothing else can produce. And so when in a moment of waiting and God seems to be silent, what do we do? See, many times in the silence, we expect to hear a loud, booming voice of so loud that we cannot miss it. Sometimes you say, oh, I'm waiting for that burning bush moment when the thing boom on fire and God speak to me. But there is a story in the Bible of the prophet Elijah. And he was sort of in a difficult situation. It was a kind of a life and death situation. He was living for God. He was doing the work of the ministry. In fact, he confronted the evil king Ahab and prophesied impending drought and confronted 850 false prophets and was victorious. Wow, talk about his spiritual resume. He's like, wow, this guy, Zion, confirmed can hear God. But then, after this whole incident, when the king Ahab wife, Jezebel, said, I'm going to kill you. He's scared. Eh? Then he started to run. Suddenly, eh, this man of God that, wow, oh, can wage war against so many people. He's scared of this evil queen. Then he ran. And he was so distraught. And he fell into a deep depression. And he prayed, God, just let me die. Lah. It is better. What happened to him? See, Elijah forgot that God was near. That in the midst of a silence, like, hey, how come nothing happened yet? What do I do? And you may be wondering that in your situation, God seems to be silent. What do I do? And he needed a reminder and God gave him one. Aren't you glad that God will willing to speak to us? And as he was waiting on the Lord to speak to him, the last verse for today, okay? I'm closing up already. In 1 Kings 19, verse 11 to 12, it reads, then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. Elijah said, Lai leo, lai leo, lai leo. God, lai leo. speaking already. But he said, eh? But the Lord was not in the wind. Said, ah. After the wind, there was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. I think for us, maybe by then we quit already. Said, ah, God, don't talk. Lah. Then we just maybe go about and doing our own thing. He goes on to say, after the earthquake came a fire. Was this going to be the burning bush experience that God spoke to Moses about? But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. See, God was not in the wind. God was not in the earthquake. God was not in the fire. Silence. That's all that Elijah experienced. Then came a whisper. God was in the whisper. See, in the silence of your situation that you may be experiencing, could it be God is whispering to you? 
until we can be this quiet. I know some of us are very uncomfortable right, right now. Very silent. But why does he whisper to us? God, why don't you just, just, just speak to me? Lah. I hear you clearly, then settle, we move on. Why must you whisper? Why must you make me experience this silence? And this really helped me because he whispers because he's so close. And he whispers to draw you close. See, when you hear someone whispering, you usually do what? You go in. See, one thing I love to do with Micah to get his attention is this. I will lower my voice and I will begin to whisper, Micah, come to Papa. I got something to tell you. Then he will like, he will come to me. I say, come here, come here, come here. There, he put his ear. He will come very close to me and lean in right beside his ear and listen. And I will tell him, Papa loves you. See, when we are hurting, when you are afraid, when you are overwhelmed, we may shout up to heaven and wait, God, wait for God to shout back to us. We wish for an audible voice sometimes. We don't understand why God wouldn't speak so loudly to us. But perhaps God wants us to slow down, to be still. And sometimes He allows silence to just get a hold of our attention. And He's saying, Come here, I want to tell you something. And then we would be drawn in close to Him and we will lean our ear to Him, and we will hear His whisper. See, God whispers to us because He is so close to us. In fact, it's the closest you will ever be to someone is to hear a whisper. Shall we stand? See, I don't know where you are at on your journey of learning God's voice. And today we've covered many scenarios of what and how God can speak. And sometimes what could be standing the way between you hearing His voice. But I want to encourage you today that He is speaking. I hope I've convinced you that God is speaking today. That He may be already speaking to some of us here today as we are in His presence. And so what do we do from here on now? See, for Moses, how he learned to hear God's voice was he was learning to wait upon the Lord in the wilderness. He was learning to wait, perhaps in a time of silence. Scripture doesn't say that God spoke to him in the midst of that 40 years, only until that burning bush experience. Sometimes we are saying, Oh, I want to wait for God to speak to me. But what did, what did he do? Moses was just going on his daily routine. And God showed up and spoke. And it changed the entire trajectory of his life. He had one encounter with God and it changed everything. Sometimes all we need to get out of our dry season is a word from God. We don't need to wait until December for DCD or if we will just quiet our ears and tune our ears. Just a simple thing of walking by the flowers on the pavement and we can suddenly hear God speak. That if I clothe the flowers of this along the road so beautifully, 
what more will I treat you? What more? When you see the birds flying in the air and you see, wow, they are so happy and free and they've got food to eat. And he begins to tell you, what more? You, my beloved son, that I died for you. What more? How much more will I love you and care for you? And if we will wake up every day and we will spend time in the Word, training our ears to hear the Word, getting ourselves familiar with what His voice sounds like, coming every Sunday to church, coming every Tuesday to prayer meeting. Why? Because we are training ourselves. God, I'm training myself to hear Your voice. Lord, this is my act of faith. I may not hear You now. I may not hear You 100%, but I'm training myself to hear You speak and to keep walking in truth to keep surrounding ourselves with godly counsel, surround ourselves with godly friends that will tell us the truth in love and to keep surrendering to what God is speaking. That sometimes we don't need a fresh revelation, but we need to do what God last spoke to us. And if you would do that, trust me, God will be speaking to you. All eyes closed and all hands lifted. If it's your desire today, that you say, I want to hear God's voice. I want to train myself to hear His voice. God, I'm in a tough situation right now, God. My family is in a difficult situation right now, God, and I don't know what to do. And God, I need you to tell me what to do, God. The God that always speaks is here today. He's speaking to you and He's speaking to me. Father, Lord, today, God, Lord, you know exactly God, where I'm at, God. You know my situation. You know the things that are hindering me, God. It could be a sin, God. It could be my stubbornness and my pride. And God, today, God, I want to repent, God. Lord, I ask you forgive me, God, of my sin. The thing, God, that besets me, God. The thing, God, that weighs me down. The thing, God, that will be clogging up my ears, God, that I can't hear you. And so, Father, I pray today, God, Lord, you are not a voice of condemnation, God. But your word says, God, that you are a God, that does not condemn. That if our heart condemns us, you are greater than our heart, God. But you are a God that convicts. You are a God that will restore us. You are a God that will forgive us, God. And Father, I pray today that you will begin to speak into our very souls, God. That you will speak into our very hearts, God. That you will begin to release us, God, from that prison of shame. That you begin to release us, God, from that prison of condemnation, God. That you begin, God, to deny the voice of the enemy. That we begin to deny, God, the lies that we have entertained, oh God. Voices in our head that tell us that we are not good enough. Voices in our head that tell us that you don't care, God. But Father, today we take you by your word, God. That your word declares, God, that you're a God that will never leave us. That you're a God that is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. That you are a God that you bore all the shame and died for me on the cross, oh God, so that I can be here today, God. That you are a God, that is for me, God. 
Who can be against me, God? God is here to tell you that He loves you. God is here to tell you that He cares for you. God is here to tell you that He's not done with you, that He has not forgotten you. The world may have forgotten you. Your loved ones may have forgotten you. Your friends may have abandoned you, but God is here with you. He is near and that you belong to Him. And so, Father, today, God, we open up our ears to hear the voice of God. And Father, Lord, if there are things, God, that I've allowed in my life, God, stuff that I've filled my life with, God, myself, my plans, my dreams, my wants, that I have pushed you out of the picture. God, I pray today, God, Lord, you are speaking to us, God. Lord, to make room for you, God. You are at the door knocking. And Lord, we want to hear that knock today, God. And we want to let you in, God. We want to open up our doors, God. And Lord, let you speak to us, God. That when you speak, God, things begin to change. That when you speak, God, mountains begin to move, God. That when you speak, God, the storms begin to calm down, God. That when you begin to speak, God, that a peace that will surpass all understanding will come upon me, God. That when you begin to speak, God, Lord, you will deliver me, God. Arakaya, from this struggle, God. You will be able to deliver me, God, from my, from my pain, God. That when you speak, God, you begin to heal us, God. For a moment now, church, why don't you begin to to minister to someone that is beside you. If you feel led to pray for someone, if God is leading you to, to lay your hands on someone, why don't we begin to do that right now? Father, we thank you, God. That, Lord, you have given us, God, the body, God, the church, God, our leaders, our pastors, God, that you are speaking to us sometimes through them, God. And, Lord, I pray, Lord, today, God, we will make up our mind, God, Lord, that we will surround ourselves, God, with godly people. We will surround ourselves, God, with people that are able to hear your voice, God. There are times when my faith will fail me, God. There are times my hearing will fail me, but God, I pray you will send someone along the way, God, that will tell me, thus says the Lord. That you will send someone along the way to tell me what you want me to know, God. In the name of Jesus, God, I pray that you begin to move today, God. That you begin to speak to every heart that is here. That you begin to unclog every ear that is here, God. Lord, if we have abused our spiritual hearing, God, Lord, I pray you will bring healing to it, God. That you renew our minds, God. That you renew our ears, God, that we can hear you, God. Lord, if our conscience has been seared, God, Lord, I pray today, God, that you renew in me. Renew in me, God, a, a new heart, a clean heart, God. Renew in me, God, a heart of flesh, God, that I can be sensitive to you, God. Renew in me, God, a heart, oh God, that is able to sense your presence, God. And God, as you begin to speak, God, that you are transmitting to us strength, bonus, God courage and grace, God, to obey that voice, God. Father, we thank you, God. We thank you for your voice in our lives, God. We thank you, God, for the godly voices you have placed me 
in the midst of God and Father I pray today Lord that we will not give up this fight of faith God that we will not give up God this journey God we will not give up God this process of learning to hear you speak God and Lord that you'll begin to tear down every misconception God begin to tear away every wall God every lie God that has convinced us that you are not for us God in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. And Father, as we begin to hear your voice, God, as we begin to be attuned to yours, still small voice, God, whether it's a, a loud voice, whether it's going to be a whisper, God, whatever the case, God, Lord, as you begin to speak to us, God, Lord, that you would bring me back, Lord, day after day into your presence, God. That the more I hear your voice, the more I want to long for it, God. That as the deer pants for the waters, so my soul longs for you. So my soul longs for you, Lord. Create in me that desire once again, God, the desire and the thirst, God, to hear your voice. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, God, we thank you, God. We thank you, God. In Jesus' name we pray, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 just one last thought that I feel to to leave with everyone as I was praying you know God was kind of reminding me about the story of Abraham when God called him out of uh, of the Chaldees you know he was saying come out of your father's house and the scripture goes on to say that he left but he didn't know where he was supposed to go and for some of us here learning to hear God's voice sometimes you hear what God's call maybe in a certain direction but you're saying I don't know what the end is supposed to look like many times we don't and just like Abraham he just obeyed that first voice that first instruction that God gave to him and as he left God continued to speak to him to give him even more direction on where he needed to go and I encourage everyone here sometimes you may hear it like, wow, I cannot hear the full details. Don't brush it aside. Respond to that voice of God and He will lead you in the ways that you need to go. Amen. Thank you everyone for being here. Why don't you greet your neighbour and bless your neighbour beside you and we'll see you next week. God bless you and you dismiss in Jesus' name.